Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. Today I'm joined by my friend Marissa from Shabby Chic Cheap. And we're going to talk about her blog, we're going to talk about fashion, we're going to talk about the new her new baby, um, Shades of Influence, as well as being a mom of being a black mom basically and how she fears for her husband and fears for her son and having to have the tough conversation other than the birds and the bees with her children so i hope you join in and listen and actually learn something because marissa is a very sweet and very genuine and honest friend and when i read her blog post and she dropped an f-bomb in her blog post i was really like shocked because anyone who knows marissa knows that she doesn't normally use that type of language so hope you enjoy start listening of Chats from the Blog Cabin, a special edition, because I have a very special guest on. And if you've not seen her face, might be familiar if you've watched it before, because she's actually one of the people that's in my intros. You know, if you look in the video, you're one of the people that are in the video with <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself first. Oh, that's always a loaded question because I'm never quite sure what to say, but um, I'm Marissa. I've uh, lived in North Carolina for over 10 years now. I've been blogging for over 10 years. I started my blog, um, Shabby Chic Cheap, after I had my son, Ethan, who will be 10 next week. Um, and it was sort of just a creative outlet for me, um, being a first-time mom and, and trying to figure out, uh, I guess, how to fit in at, like, you know, as a new mom and, and like, could I still wear these cool clothes or could I still even be considered cool and just lots of different things. So um, that's initially why I started my blog. I've definitely had times where I've taken breaks from blogging and times where I haven't worked so hard at it. Within the last two years, I've been really trying to stay diligent with it and, um, and monetize it in some ways. And so, um, it's grown a lot within the last two years. It's been a lot of hard work, but I feel like I'm starting to see the fruits of my labor a little bit, and it's really a good thing. Let's talk about your blog a minute. I am going to share with my with the viewers your amazing blog post that you wrote about your family. It says, look at these faces. What do you see when you look at these faces? Do you feel scared, threatened, at risk? How could anyone feel so threatened by these beautiful brown faces that don't they don't think that their life has any value is beyond me? Because when I look at them, I see little representations of my heart. The very same blood that courses through my body flows through theirs. And I honestly, this is an amazing 
almost a love letter to your children, <laughs> to your husband. Yeah. And you said earlier, you apologize for the language, but anybody <laughs> that knows you knows that you don't normally use that type of language in your yeah. blog post. So that tells us how fired up you are about this. So I can just imagine how you must feel when you saw what happened this past week and you've seen what happened in, in justice, especially since you have two boys and a girl, you know, especially for your sons. I know you are worried yeah. about your daughters, but for your sons, for sure. Absolutely. I think, you know, we've seen this happen over and over again. And every time that it happens, it's hard. I think, I think any time, like I remember not to necessarily change topic, but like, I remember when Sandy Hook happened and um, at the time, Ethan was the only child. And I remember like having him just sleep in my room for probably like two weeks after that happened because I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't imagine how these other parents must be feeling. And so I just wanted to like feel him and just have him near me all the time. And so when, when that happened, we, you know, I just let him sleep in my room for two weeks until finally we're like, all right, you, you gotta go back to your room now. But I feel like every time one of these situations happens, it's even harder if that's possible because it happens so often, like so, so much more than it should. I mean, it shouldn't even happen at all, honestly. Mm -hmm. And when things like this happen, like it's such a different conversation that I have to have with him. And, um, you know, I can talk to him about school shootings and they have the drills at school and we do have those conversations. Um, and, you know, I, I, I mentioned this, uh, um, this past week in my stories where I, I said like, you know, for me, I don't get nervous about having to have the talk about the birds and the bees with my son. Mm -hmm. Um, that's not something that gives me anxiety because my talk that I have to have with him is so different. Like the talk that I have to have with him is about, you know, racism and prejudice and, you know, being targeted unfairly and you know the questions that I have to answer from him are questions of why he can't do certain things the way that his friends can or, or wear certain things all the time and and it's hard because you know an example is like he loves wearing hoodies I buy them for him all the time but whenever we go out someone was like take the hood off your head don't put your hands in your pockets um don't touch anything in the store like that it's, it's just, it's not fair that I have to do those types of things with him or when he's playing outside, like, well, be careful how you're playing outside. Cause I don't want it to look a certain way. Like I don't let him play with his Nerf guns outside at all. Like, it's just, that's no, you know, you can't do that. Um, when he was in kindergarten, I bought him his first Nerf gun. My husband bought him his first Nerf gun. I wouldn't have bought it for him. <laughs> so my husband bought him his first Nerf gun and he loved it. Of course, he's a boy. And I told him that it was okay for him to play with it inside, but we could not take it anywhere. And it's like this bright, horrific, like neon green color. So like does not look realistic whatsoever, mm -hmm. but I still, you know, still like, no, you cannot take this anywhere. And he snuck it to school one day and I freaked out. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he took this to school. I don't want anything to happen. And so I remember like emailing his teacher, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm so sorry, it's in his backpack. Like, you know, she went and she got it. Um, but I just remember like that panic that I felt because I was like, I just don't want it to be taken the wrong way or looked at the wrong way or just like anything to happen because there have been kids who are playing in the park with these fake toy guns that have been mistaken for being real and, or even cell phones. I mean, 
for, you know, mistaken for being a weapon. And so that panic and that fear I felt, I mean, you know, justified, but I shouldn't have to like feel like that. And I shouldn't have to have necessarily these types of conversations with him. And especially at such a young age, because it's delicate. You don't like, I don't want to frighten him. I don't want him to make, to be afraid of the world, but I also want him to be very aware and cognizant. And I want him to, you know, have that knowledge that when he goes out that, you know, he has to present himself a different way. You know, you have to speak a different way, walk a certain way, you know, wear certain things because we just don't want you to be mistaken for um, being something that you're not or targeted for being something that you're not. I hate that you have to have that conversation with him. And I'm sure your little one, once he's getting older, you have to have the same conversation. Um, how do you feel about what, what has happened? You know, cause you know, my husband does not cry. Oh God, he's going to hate me for saying this, but you know, well, even he, yeah, I don't keep it a secret. Um, but even, you know, even he, the other day, he told me, he's like, you know, I was at work and I decided to go grab some lunch and, he said he was just sitting like in his truck eating his lunch and it, like I think just everything hit him he's like I like cried a little bit because he's like it's just it's heavy it's so heavy it's, it's exactly what I said in my blog post like it's just so heavy and we have to walk around and carry that weight all the time it's not like just the oh, this week I'm feeling like really sad and heavy, but like next week I'll be fine. Like it's a consistent weight that we are bearing all the time because it happens all the time and we have to deal with it all the time. And I can't just take it off and just be like, oh my God, I don't feel like dealing with this today. Mm -hmm. And so imagine just having to carry that on top of like just normal things that happen every day and in your life or, you know, pretending that you can like you go into work, you know, and go get on your conference calls or go to your meetings and like you can't really... It's not something you can really show or display, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people before now, more recently would even justify like, you know, when they ask you like, how are you doing? You're like, oh God, I feel so sad because this, and they're like, well, you didn't even know him or like, yeah, that's really bad, but you know, hopefully things will get better. And I don't know what it is about George Floyd that's woken so many people up and, 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 and just like sparked that fire. And I'm really glad that it has. And I hope that maybe, maybe things can end with him. Unfortunately, you know, he had to lose his life, but, you know, maybe there won't be another, you know, Trayvon Martin or George Floyd or, or, you know, Breonna Taylor, like maybe we can finally just say enough is enough. I think a lot of the reasons that it hit people was because it was actually on camera and he was absolutely doing nothing at all, nothing at all. So I'm just, I'm just honestly and just hearing him saying I can't breathe and they're not doing anything about it and just standing there. I'll be honest. I have not watched the video um, on my own choice. I, it's that's it's, it would be just a very hard thing to have to watch. And but I've, I've seen clips, of course, you know, the, in the media, the news, I've heard clips of, of, of him and it's, it's hard to even just listen to. Um, so I haven't, I haven't mustered up enough to watch it yet, but it's horrifying. No, don't watch it. I watched the whole thing and all I could see oh the whole God. time was because remember I shared with you on my Instagram, I said, Hey, go check this out. If there's anything I need to change, let me change. Yeah. yeah. Want anybody to hurt. I saw his, I saw my adopted son, Paul's face 
So honestly, don't watch it because I think you it would be more for you. I mean, you know, I see, <clears throat> I see. You know, you, I think about all the men that I have in my life. You know, I I have a, a father. I have a, a fourteen year old brother because my dad waited so long to give me what I wanted. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, I've got my two sons, and I've got a husband, and I've just got a host of of uncles and 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 friends and family and any one of them could be um you know th that could be any one of them and um that's terrifying you know there are times where you know and i don't take it for granted where my husband might be like oh i'm i'm, I'm running to the store really fast and then he's like why are you giving me this like huge hug i'm literally going around the corner to walmart I'm like i don't know because i don't know like yeah. just in case and i hate that you know a lot of people were they were like, oh, they were aware of racism being around, but they, I think now it's really hitting home that, hey, this is, this is definitely what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely been around. Um, I remember when we had, um, had my son, Ethan, this, he was, um, 2010 and we had his birthday is June 14th. So the tags on my car had expired in between the time that I, had him and got sent home so i just hadn't had a chance to like update the tags yet and i think this was like the first time larry left the house since we had him and i'm talking about like maybe expired like the 31st of may and we're like june 16th so you know <laughs> like not long at all but like one of the first days that he left and he was just going to go get a haircut and come back home so he goes downtown to get his haircut we got you know car seat and all of that stuff in there and he gets pulled over because this cop saw that the tags or I don't, I don't even know actually i don't know why he got he wasn't speeding or anything but the cop pulled him over and then realized the tags were expired and um you know he did everything that you're supposed to do you know hi ma'am how can i help you you know registration license all of that good stuff and like nothing in his car that's questionable and it wasn't it was my car that he was driving and she makes him get out of the car and like does like all of this like get onto the sidewalk pat him down search the car there's the car seat in there so we're just like okay like what do you think we're hiding in here and then he comes home after that and he was just like i can't believe what just happened to me like i was literally just driving home from the barber shop and she pulled me over i don't know why i wasn't speeding she realized after pulling me over, the tags were expired. And then she made me go through all of this for like expired tags. Wow. Yeah. I just, honestly, I, I can't imagine that what yeah. you guys have to deal with every day. I mean, and we, that's, I mean, expired tags, literally like that's it. So that's exactly why sometimes I hug him a little bit longer or I, you know, I'm like, well, I'll just run to the store. Like, you don't worry about it. Like, you stay home. Like, I, I know and I can't stop him from living. I can't stop him from going out and doing things. I can't stop him from even taking, like, Ethan out and, like, you know, doing, like, having guy time. But, like, during those times, I'm constantly, like, on edge. I'm like, well, where are you guys? Are you guys, you know, still at the park? Are you guys still at the store? Like, are you on your way home? And if he doesn't answer within a certain amount of time, I start panicking and I'll call and I'll be like, hey, I just, like, sent you three messages. And yeah, he's like, well, we're at the arcade, like we're playing games. Like I can't, you know, I like, and I get that, but I'm like on edge. So I need him to, to like, just be like, we're playing some games. Everything's okay. We're still at the arcade. And so I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine. 
but it, I mean, it, it does, it does create that. Um, even recently, like last year I got pulled over and I was dropping my kids off at daycare. And I just remember like pulling, he pulled me over as I was pulling into the daycare. So he was still behind me as we're in front of the, the childcare center. And, um, I like had the kids in the car with me cause I'm dropping them off. And so I was just like, Oh my gosh, how is this going to play out? Like I've got the kids in the car. I don't know. Like I was freaking out. And so it was a really nice officer and he came and he's like, do you want to take them inside? But then I thought to myself, like, do I take them inside? Cause then I have no witnesses, but do I, you know, like if something happens and I keep them in the car, then that's a horrific thing to like witness if something does happen. So I did end up taking them inside and I came back out and I just remember like, he didn't even end up writing me a ticket. I think this guy just saw like how freaked out I was. Like he was asking me for my license and I like my hands were shaking literally like this. Like I'm like handing it to him and I'm just like, you know, here, here you go. And he's just like, he's like, calm down. It's okay. And uh, I was just like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I'm just like, I don't really get pulled over often. And like, this is just really nerve wracking. And so he's like, well, I'll just let you off with a warning. And, you know, he's like, just watch your speed or whatever. I was in a rush that morning. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but um you know, he let me go, but I just remember, like, I had to sit there for 15 minutes. Like, it was not even, in, like, a negative experience, but I had to sit there and calm myself down. Like, I called my husband, and I was like, oh, my God, I just got pulled over. And he's like, you know, are you okay? So I'm like, yeah, I didn't even get the ticket, but I'm just, like, I feel like I'm going to, like, have an like, anxiety attack, like a panic attack, because it's just scary, like, seeing those lights, hearing that siren. Like, it's just, like, it does not make me feel safe or secure. It just scares the crap out of me. I think anybody that gets pulled over by police scares the it scares that <laughs> out. But you have that extra added thing yeah. that anxiety that makes the anxiety rank it up even higher. And I just yeah. like I said, I can't even imagine having <laughs> to deal with that every day. And I mean, it shouldn't be like that. This world should not be like that. No. And you know, we you know, in these conversations, we certainly don't um portray or paint law enforcement officers in a negative light to our kids like we want them to know that the police are there to help us they are here to keep us safe they are here to do their jobs but you know just like any other you know profession that you know sometimes there are those bad apples in the bunch and so you know because of that you have to be careful yeah i look on the call that we were on last week the um women's panel chat I actually told them, I was like, full disclosure, my dad was a cop. So every time mm -hmm. I see cops and see, I have to wait and kind of see the whole picture before I do judgment. Because yeah. I remember the kind of cop my dad was. And he was one of these ones that he was like, he would stop in little old ladies and have made <laughs> with them. He was like community police. And um, yeah. people, Rada, actually brought up and said that most of the time, the cops that are serving the communities now, don't know the communities that they're serving. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, that community policing has kind of gone out the door and it's more, yeah. you know, like they're like, they're on edge as well. I'm, but yeah. I'm not saying what the cops did was right with George. Right. But I feel like, you know, it is fair to say that we can be on edge and they can be too, because the eyes are on them now too, you know? And, and to that point, even today I was running some errands earlier and I was passing by uh, Cary high school and there were about four or five um, police cars out. And I only saw one um, kid, like he had like a moped as an African-American kid on the sidewalk with a moped and like four or five police trucks. And so I was just like, what the heck? Like, 
and the thing could not possibly go any faster than 25 miles an hour so I have no idea why like I didn't see any other cars to say like maybe there was some sort of an accident or anything it was just him and like four or five police cars and at least two officers in each car so like I was just like what the heck is happening over here um but I don't know maybe that's an added measure so the they have witnessed it. Like, I mean, I'm not sure what, you know, what the processes are now with all of this going on, but I think it's always smart to get the whole story first and not jump to conclusions. I think the media can make you um, anxious the way that they portray things and make it look. And so I, I feel like, you know, try, and it's hard to, because, you know, you got one person's story and another person's story, and then the truth is somewhere in the middle. And I think, you know, as much, you know, try to get as much as you can to, to make the best decision and to, to figure out what's actually happening or what actually took place. I don't think it's fair to jump to conclusions. I don't necessarily always side with like, oh, the cops are wrong or they, it's their fault or whatever. I want to get the truth too. And I want to see like what actually happened and, and form that opinion myself. I can't, I can't just go off of like what everyone else is saying. Yeah, that's true. Now let's talk about a little bit about, let's change, switch gears a little bit and talk yeah. about shades of influence because that is really oh my that's my baby <laughs> <laughs> that's my baby um so there is another group of four beautiful women um and they are called um influencing in color and i saw their page and i got inspired by them and i was like oh my gosh i want to do a photo shoot with um a whole bunch of African-American women who have different skin tones, um, different hair types and textures and styles. And I just feel like this would be so amazing to do. And so initially it just started out as a photo shoot idea. And um, I asked Tiffany and Shaquita amongst some other fabulous women to be a part of it. And they just really stepped up to the plate when I invited them to be a part of it. They wanted to be involved. Um, they asked me, what did I need help with? Do I need help coordinating things? Do I need help? Like Shaquita, she's got such a business mindset. She's like, well, have you thought of partnering with people for clothing? And I was like, oh my God, no, I did not even think about that. I just figured I'd wear my own clothes. So, you know, she really pushed me to kind of even go beyond the initial vision that I had for it. Um, and so as we were, you know, in the midst of, of getting all of this together, doing the photo shoot, we, it was so much fun. We utilized so many local places, small businesses, um, you know, we did front row cosmetics. And so that's a woman owned local um, business. We had shop Elsie. She created these beautiful earrings for us and our skin tone. We worked with um, Belk at Crabtree Valley mall for the clothing items. And, um, we worked with an amazing photographer and um, who like did the shoot like for us, just that was it. Cause he believed in the vision so much. And so um, after all of that, I just asked them, I was like, do you think we could make this like a thing, you know? And so they'll tell you, I asked them in the cheesiest like bachelor way ever. I was like, will you guys accept this rose? Will you guys like ride or die with me on this thing? And so uh, they said yes. And so um, we've been, you know, working on it. Uh, it's, it's taken a little bit of a pause with the Rona and everything going on, but um, we've still got just so many ideas. And, and you know, the, the main idea behind it is just bringing more of awareness to brands to be more inclusive and have a diverse um, marketing plan and strategy when they're 
when they're, you know, releasing you items or pieces or whatnot, you know, I don't see a lot of myself reflected in a lot of the feeds that I follow and, and a lot of the businesses that I support. And those are for local boutiques as well as the bigger name brands. And so it's always nice to see, you know, myself reflected when I, when I am shopping. And I don't think that that's, you know, something that isn't fair to ask, you know, just like we want to be body inclusive, which I'm a huge proponent of, you know, we, we also want to, um, we want to, you know, diversify the feeds with different races and ethnicities and cultures as well. That is so cool. I love the campaign that you guys started about, um, commenting on brands about how are you, how are you supporting Black Lives Matter? Yeah. How are you going to make, you know, that's just awesome. Tell us a little bit about that. So, you know, again, I think it just comes back to not um, seeing ourselves in the marketing for some of these brands. And, you know, I'll tell you one specific example is um, I wrote a message to Shop Red Dress, which I even discovered from a Black blogger, um, a fashionable believer, Chelsea. So the very first time I ever heard of them was from her doing a try-on. But when I look at their feed, I mean, I might see a Black blogger, one every nine squares, maybe. Um, and there are a lot of other Black bloggers that promote their items, do these try-ons. Um, but the feed does not reflect that. And so if I'm good enough to promote your item, then I should be good enough to represent your brand on your feed. Not just like in a story that expires in 24 hours or not just on my stories where maybe, you know, your audience doesn't see that as a collective. So like my audience sees it and then my audience might say, oh, I loved that dress that Marissa tried on. So I'm going to go and support this business. But if you're not really fully backing me up and you're profiting off of me, that's not fair. So um, Tiffany is the one that actually inspired me to start doing that because she was calling them out. And I was like, you know what, that makes sense. Like, I don't even know why we never thought about this before. We're not like in these, in these feeds and I'm buying money or I'm buying items and clothing. I'm shopping all the time. Unfortunately, don't tell my husband. <laughs> <laughs> and this quarantine's really, it's really, I don't know. I, I know they say the economy's hurting. I feel like I've, I've done my, my due diligence in, in helping to keep it alive. So yeah, follows your Instagram feed, knows that you have try-on stories. And I'm yeah. like, oh, look that good in that dress that she just posted. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I, I, it's not for lack of, of not, you know, I'm definitely, I'm shopping all the time. I'm, I'm purchasing things. I love to try to shop local when I can. I love to um, try to shop from women-owned businesses in particular. And then I love to shop from Black-owned businesses because I just don't feel like they get the exposure um, that they deserve. And I want to bring awareness to that. We want to talk about it and, and, um, and see what we can do to change just that narrative. I mean, just look at this picture of you in a pink dress. I would <laughs> like a big sack. But look oh my gosh. I, so can I tell you, I bought that dress, as you saw, in black. Um, on the Our Shades of Influence page, we did a photo shoot in it in the black one, and I loved it. So, like, I did not want to take that dress off. I loved it so much, and I knew my birthday was coming up. And so, um, birthdays that end in five or zeros are big birthdays for me. And so, I was like, I need like a big poofy pink dress. And so, I ordered the same dress in pink. 
I mean, it's so fat. I mean, anybody that I looks love at it would see. Every <laughs> <laughs> once in a while, you throw food in, but I mean, oh my gosh, just the. Well, I, you know, I love to eat. If you, you know, anyone that knows me can tell you, like, Marissa loves to shop and she loves to eat. So, yeah. Oh, I got to pull this one up there. <laughs> I don't think I've seen the Tinder you, but I've seen the other two, other three you on um, stories. <laughs> yes. Oh, my Lord. I wouldn't even know what to do with a Tinder. <laughs> would not even know what to do. I, I talk, you know, I've got a few friends who are single and, and they've had to, you know, use Tinder and, and all the other things. And I'm just like, like the horror stories that they say, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad. Like, I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> so what are some of the tips that you can tell us about, um, especially as bloggers of trying to be inclusive and in everything like in your feeds? So one thing that I want to make clear, well, two things. One, obviously, I'm not the authority on all, all mm -hmm. things black. Like, these are solely my thoughts, my opinions, and my feelings. And two, I, I think there's been, because of this whole movement, I think there's been a lot of people, because I've had people reach out to me, and they're like, I just feel so guilty. I'm so sorry. And they, they're, like, apologizing, and they feel bad. And it's not about, you know, feeling guilty. And it's not about um, feeling bad. Like, it's it's just about being aware mm -hmm. and bringing about that awareness and talking about it. And one thing that I've talked about a lot is um, it's about starting these conversations and, and fostering these conversations and educating yourself. And so, you know, there have been quite a few bloggers who have seen an influx of followers um, and that's great, but like, don't follow me just cause I'm black. Follow mm -hmm. me because you look at my content and you're like, you know what? I connect with this content. I'm interested in a lot of the things that she talks about. I'm interested in a lot of the things that she shares. And if I'm not that person for you, that's totally fine. But there are so many other bloggers out there that you could follow and support and do the same thing. So I feel like diversifying your following and diversifying your feed um, as a business, diversifying your feed as, um, as a follower, diversifying your following, who you're following would be so helpful because then you get to see the different sides. You know, for me growing up as a military brat, I was constantly surrounded by just like diversity. You know, there, you're, you're moving from base to base. You've got all these different cultures when you're moving from country to country. And so um, for me, it's never, that's like, that's never been an issue. I've always just seen people as people and know that like, well, this person, you know, does this and that person does that. And that's just who they are. And like, I could, you know what I mean? Like, not that I could care less in a negative way, but just like, that's just who they are. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this movement has just brought about maybe like, just like an eye opening moment for so many people. And um, it's, it's, it's good to have that, that aha moment, but then like once things kind of settle down, like you still need to keep up that momentum and keep having these discussions and conversations and not necessarily just with like your family, um, because, and, and not even just, you know, these, these are, you know, black and white people are liking to have these conversations. I have them with my family and with my friends of both races. It's, it's not just like a one-sided thing. Um, and some of them are uncomfortable because maybe you have someone who feels differently or just doesn't know. And a lot of times it's just people don't know. So it's taking that time out to go to them and say like, listen, I saw you post this the other day, or I heard you say this the other day, or I saw you do this the other day, um, or whenever. And, you know, 
this is why we shouldn't be doing those things or posting those things or saying those things or harboring those feelings or, you know, perpetuating anything like, you know, it takes, it takes those conversations. And so I think that that's, what's really important. It's going to be uncomfortable. Trust me. Yeah. I have had some uncomfortable, <laughs> like whew, some real uncomfortable conversations, but they're so necessary. And then when you come out on the other side and the person is like, Oh my gosh, like I just never knew, or I never thought about it that way. Or like, it just didn't hit me. It's such an amazing moment of clarity. And I always tell people like, if you lead with love, then it's going to be received that way. You know, it's not about going to someone and like accusing them or being accusatory or rude or disrespectful. I want to go to you in the same manner that I would want someone to come to me because I'm not perfect either. And there are mistakes I've made and things I've said that are not right either. I have a really good friend who's Asian and we talk about cultures all the time. Her culture is so different um, as an Asian woman, but there have definitely been things that I have learned um, of Asian culture that's just so vastly different that might seem strange or disrespectful or rude, but like when she breaks down why they do those things or, or why this is like a tradition or, you know, then I like, it makes sense and I understand it. And then I have no, no choice really and truly, but to respect that and respect her and her culture and, and her practices, but it, it takes her talking to me and, and having these conversations. And I'm sure sometimes she's probably like, I'm so tired of like educating on this, but like, if she doesn't, then who, you know, like, who, like I, I feel comfortable enough to go and talk to her and ask her these questions. Like she's my resource, you know? Yeah. I know one of the things that I shared last Wednesday on the chat with all the women was that how I had always said, I taught my girls not to see color. And that's mm -hmm. not how I really taught, but I just put it out there because it was a blanket statement. Right. And what I really meant to say, and they, people told me to rephrase this, is that, you know, yes, we see your color. We see what a beautiful, like right now, I see what a beautiful black woman you are. But <laughs> I don't let the color, don't let the color of somebody's skin define of how you're going to treat them. So I had right. to rephrase it and teach them like that because I never thought that, I taught my girls not to see color was bitter mm -hmm. covert racism. I never knew that. Right. Because the point is like, I don't want you to not see my color. Like, you know, I'm proud of who I am and my skin tone. Um, you know, much like I'm sure like your husband, like you wouldn't want someone to not see his color because that's part of his heritage and part of who he is. Mm -hmm. And the same for you. Like I wouldn't want someone to not see yours because you've got a heritage of your own. Um, so we want to own that and we want to love that and love that part about ourselves. Um, but we just want to acknowledge maybe some of the prejudices that might come with um, someone having a different skin tone or a different, um, you know, be a different race from us or be different and, and, and not even just a different race. But I mean, really and truly we can expand that to just like someone who's different from us, period. You know, maybe someone who has a wheel in a wheelchair or somebody who, um, is an amputee. So, I mean, I feel like just all around, if we take the moment or take the time to kind of talk to people um, and hear their stories, share our stories, we would find that we're, we're more alike than, than we are different. That is so true. We are so, so like, I mean, we love, like, you and I both love coffee. It was yeah. it? to go what sonic or is it sonic to get your hot dogs is it sonic that you get your hot dogs or I, somewhere? Um, so, <laughs> well they closed now. i used to go to this place called freddy's but they closed the one by us um and so now i i need a new hot dog place <laughs> yeah, I gotta, yeah i gotta find one I, i'm trying to think like 
I made my husband grill some hot dogs for me the other night. It was like eight o'clock dark outside. I'm like, I really just want some hot dogs. So, <laughs> so yeah, he's probably like, yeah, you need to find a new hot dog place too. Cause like, I'm not going to be starting a grill at eight o'clock at night every time. <laughs> Learn to grill on your own. I know. I, I know, but it's just, it's, it's nice to be able to watch a Lifetime movie while he does it. And then I can just eat it and appreciate that he did that for me. <laughs> I'm going to share with my viewers the very first time I met you. Yes. Do you remember the very first time we met? Was it in the Southern Women's Show, right? No. no. It was, at, it was at the um, East Coast Influencer event. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walks up to me and says, You're the one with the log cabin. Oh my gosh. I probably borderline stalked your profile. I uh I don't want to say anything incriminating, but um You said were, and your husband were stalking it to see how things were gonna turn out. <laughs> I thought it was the coolest thing. I was like, oh my gosh, she's got like a whole cabin dedicated for this like vlogging and it's amazing. And I still have to come see it in person. <laughs> Not Sophia. Sophia's turned in, turned on, tuned in, and said hi, ladies. And oh, then you hey, have <laughs> and, um, Carrie Miller says hey, hey. Carrie, hi. Yeah, um, yeah, you do have to come down and see it. And who knew yeah. when I started this and opened and made an office outside the home that I would end up doing chats from the blog cabin. I know this I is amazing. It's so, it's so good to see. And uh, I think, I mean, I think it's just, there's an, another way to kind of connect with your audience Yeah, and be like personable. Sophia said, yes, we still need to make that trip. Yes, Sophia. Listen, we we're, we're doing a road trip as soon as we can, because first of all, Melissa's promised delicious food, <laughs> which, like I was sold after that. And second of all, this cabin I've been stocking for over two years now needs to be seen. So can you believe that it's been two years since I've actually purchased it? No, that's amazing. It's just like, it's, it's so unreal. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe it. It's amazing. I love it. I love it. It's, it's, it's been so great to even see how much you've grown with your ideas and your posting and all of that even in that time since you purchased it. Now, if Shades of Influence ever want to use it to come and do a shoot here, they're more than welcome to come. Well, I will let them know. Absolutely. I a little bit yeah. know, but still. We've, uh, we've been talking about, well, oh my gosh, well, like Shaquita lives like 45 minutes away, so we owe her some drives. Yeah, we've been talking about starting um, to shoot again and just trying to figure out how to shoot and social distance and just all of that. So it's been interesting, but we've definitely had some conversations and uh, you know, we're ready to push out some new content. And I think this is, um, I guess, even more of a, a moment for us to do so and to speak out and to kind of get that attention. So, um, so, you know, keep an eye out. Yeah, I definitely, you definitely guys need to, shoot somewhere because you guys are oh i've never met was it tiffany it's tiffany the other i mm -hmm. met you i met you at i met you before but i met shakita at the um what is it the the nc influence the influence yeah NC. yeah she did the she was on the panel 
and her husband and, and of her. I was like, man, I've never seen a husband that supportive of someone in blogging. Oh my gosh, listen, that man, Doug, loves that woman so much. Like, it's, I mean, he's so supportive. It's amazing. It is. I mean, it's, I was like, for him to actually come where all the rest of us are a whole bunch of women and he's sitting there going, yes, and he's showing paper where she was in the paper. And oh not, man, probably my husband felt that way. He's like, oh, blogging, whatever. Okay. I just need to make, <laughs> I don't care. Right. He's like, are you happy? All right, cool. We're good. Yeah. No, my, yeah. I don't, I, I mean, I would, my husband would go, but I'd have to ask him. I don't think he would just voluntarily be like, hey, you're going to this blogging thing. I'll come too. I'd have to be like, hey, we're going to this blogging thing. Do you would, would you mind coming? And and I'd probably have to like make a steak dinner too. So But didn't he do something to your dining room a little bit to where you do your try-on sessions at? Well, we like I realized the lighting was better in there. So we bought like a mirror and put it down there and we moved the dining room around so that it could be like a little better. And and then I decided I wanted to come back upstairs. So he put together a ring light that I ordered. I need to like start using it. Um, I mean, he's helpful. I'm not saying he's not, but um, I just don't know that he's like, I'll help behind the scenes. I don't necessarily want to come to these events unless like I have to, so. <laughs> Brian was all the sweat equity and he took my vision and did everything. I mean, it's I paid amazing. for everything inside and outside, but he did the sweat equity. So he probably put more hard work in here than I did. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. So tell us one unusual thing about you. Cause I've been asking everybody that comes on one unusual thing. Huh? I don't know. Does like, I've never been stung by a bee before. Is that unusual? Uh, that is not unusual. I am terrified of bees because of it. Um, I, I legit as, grown as I am will like run across the street like tear like this today when I came back from Trader Joe's I made Larry come out it's like it's like there's a big wasp by the door like shoo it away because I can't come inside I'm still in the car and he's like really I'm like yes please please like I can't I'm so terrified of getting stung I have no idea if I'm allergic because I've never been stung and so I'm I'm just a mess okay I now that you're talking about you went to Trader Joe's and your husband I have to ask you to share that story that you posted on Instagram about your husband, or was no Facebook about your husband when you went out and there was something on your front porch. Oh my God. So yeah, no, I went out onto the front porch the other day. I was going to my first hair appointment since all of this started. So super excited. And I look over and I see what I think are is a snake because that's exactly what it looked like. And so I was like, oh my God. So I like back into the house and I was like, Larry, like, you know, he's like, in the middle of playing like a game. He's like, you like, what do you need? I'm like, no, you need to come here. And he's like, what? I was like, I'd like you to come here right now. So he comes to the front door and I'm like, there's a snake outside. I just like, I don't want the kids to freak out or hear me. And so like, even when he looked from where the front door is to where they were on the porch, he was like, oh my God. And so I was like, yeah, I don't know what you're going to do. I'm going to my hair appointment because I can't be late, but like maybe have the whole house packed up by the time I get back because we're going <laughs> to <laughs> like, that's it. Uh, so I go to the hair appointment while I'm there. He texts me and he was like, yeah, there's two lizards having sex. They love snake. 
I was just like, ew, it looks so like, I mean, the way they were like, oh my God, I, I swear. Like, I'm so mad I didn't take a picture because I swear, like, if you guys could have seen it, you would have been like, oh, that's definitely a snake. Yeah, because um, it's so funny that you would say that because my friend Alyssa posted on her Instagram, on her stories today, two lizards. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> okay, like, what is it? They're are they, it's, is it their mating season? I don't know. Like, take it somewhere else, please. Not my front porch. Especially when trying to explain to your kids. A little, little discretion. A little yeah. privacy. Yeah. <laughs> they're just friends. They're having a sleepover. Oh, that's yeah, all. They're just wrestling. That's all. No worries. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, no. I was relieved. And then I was just like, oh, my God. I can't believe that's what I thought. But totally looked like snakes. So what's up next for Shabby Chic Chic? Um, I mean, I'm definitely going to keep talking about the issues that are happening. Um, I think my, I won't, I'll say that I've evolved and, and my blog has evolved a lot more since I first started. I mean, really when I first started, it was about finding deals and thrifting and things like that. And then, you know, are absolutely things that I still enjoy doing. Um, but now I try to incorporate a little bit more of like my personal life and, and things that I like to do and see um, more. So I'm going to keep sharing, um, you know, stories of, of what's going on, like this, the, the, the lizard incident. But I'm also going to talk about, you know, things that are happening in the world and how it affects me or how I feel about it or, or here's some resources that I think would be helpful because I think that's what's important. And a lot of times people, you know, talk about influencers not being authentic. And that's something that I've always strived to be is to, to, to show, you know, who I really am. I don't want someone to come to my feed and just be like, she's constantly selling me things or I just don't really know who she is, you know? Sometimes my room's messy. I've, I've gone on stories before and been like, this is my bathroom right now and it is disgusting. And then I'll show like the after when I finally clean it up. I'm like, I feel so much better now because that's real life, you know? And, and my house isn't perfect and my life isn't perfect and, and the world is not perfect. And so I just want to share all of that with everyone and, um, and share myself with everyone in that way. Well, anybody that follows you, I don't see where they would ever have a problem with anything you do because you're so authentic. And Thank you come you. across just like I said when I was reading your story, and I was like, "Whoa, you dropped that bomb! That is so not like Marissa." You know, she's no. really yeah. No, I mean it just really hit home, and it's it's tiring to see. It's so like you're just like another person. Like it's like when like what like something needs to change at this point, and I just feel like um, I'm hopeful that this is the time that those changes are going to happen. We've got, you know, so many more, um, I guess, people in power that are behind it now, you know, seeing the Black Lives Matter along that DC street, seeing end racism now painted on downtown Raleigh. It's got so many more eyes on it. And so I, I hope, I really, really hope and pray that this isn't something that like falls on the wayside when it's not popular um you know color me courtney's a influencer that i follow and she's really sweet she lives in new york and she posted something last week that said i'm black when it's not trendy and that's 100 percent true i'm black every single day of my life when it's popular and when it's not popular and these issues are things that i deal with and face and think about every single day and so you know i hope that everyone who's speaking up and 
making these donations and and doing all the wonderful things that I'm so appreciative of them taking the time to do. I hope that it's just something that they continue um, to do, continue educating themselves. And I don't even mean like, you know, there've been a lot of resources like, um, you know, White Fragility is a book that's been thrown around a lot. Why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria is another book. And, and those are great resources and people should read, you know, as much as they can. But like, take the time to read like some like nonfiction stuff or happy things too. Like black people aren't always about like, you know, fight the power. Like we love to laugh. We love to joke. We love to cook. We love to do so many different things. And there's so many fantastic like writers and authors and and artists and and chefs and musicians and poets like there's so much more beyond just like the racism issue so take your time and and like just make yourself aware of of black authors and black black actresses and actors and and playwrights and i mean just you know there's just so much more like really do a deep dive like it doesn't always have to be like heavy literature or heavy material there's there's you know just a plethora out there so you know familiarize yourself with those things too don't we can get so bogged down and that can be depressing and that can be that can be heavy and that's not the point of all of this so you know make make sure you're taking time for yourself being gentle with yourself taking care of yourself and and not just you know feeding in on on all the oppression and the heaviness that's there because there's there's lots of light to be shared too in the darkness yeah, definitely. And you're shedding, definitely shedding light in the darkness because honestly, since this happened, you know, because that's not what, how I was, I grew up. I wasn't, that wasn't my culture, but now yeah. I'm learning more about the culture because of this has happened. And yeah. I, I want to mention that two great movies that are actually free right now. The streaming free is just mercy and yes. is actually streaming free. If you walk away from either one of those movies, not crying, there's something wrong with you. I'm a big crybaby. So, so. <laughs> I'm here to see, especially Selma, because Selma um, talks about the march when they're trying to get yeah. rid of And Selma what was a great the movie. Patrol, the Highway Patrol people do when they're on the bridge. I'm mm -hmm. just like, I'm like, oh, I had to stop the movie for a minute and just have a really yeah. good time because I'm like, how can another human being do that to another human being? I just don't understand. It's heavy. But, um, one thing is the the perseverance that all of those people continue to have and mm -hmm. and just that dream that we're still try striving for which is honestly just like true equality we've made um we've definitely made strides you know towards that you know uh segregation is is no longer a, a thing but there's still definitely more strides to be made um to to have that equality that that we really want and i you know, people argue and they're like, oh, well, you know, Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. And, you know, it's just this big back and forth thing. And so it's not about saying that our lives are more important because that's not what we're saying at all. But we're just saying like right now in this moment, our lives are being threatened mm -hmm. and that we matter too and that we're important too and that our lives have value too. And, you know, when I look at my children, I see, you know, I, I see just unbelievable innocence and love and potential and value. And I want other people to see that when they look at them. I don't want them to see a threat. I don't want them to feel afraid. I don't want them to think that they are less than because they're not. And so that's what this is about right now. This isn't saying that, 
that I'm here and my life matters more. It's saying that my life is threatened right now. I'm scared and I shouldn't be. And we need to fix this problem so that I don't feel like that. So that then we can truly say all lives matter because not, you know, one group isn't being targeted more than another. Yeah. I think the biggest analogy I've seen that didn't even deal with people was about houses on fire. If your house yes. is on fire and the firemen go and spray all the other houses around your house, but doesn't spray your house first. What good does it do? Yeah. What good does, what it, good do? does it do? And I was like, wow, more people need to see that because I think yeah. right now they're only seeing, and I hate it is the color of people's skin. But if they yeah. realize that, Hey, it's about houses, it's about possessions, then maybe they'll get in their mind. Oh, wait right. a second. My way of thinking is not right because yeah. of this. Exactly. And I saw another, or it was a sign at a protest actually, and, and someone shared the sign, but it um, was a mom and had a, a picture of her beautiful, beautiful, beautiful boy on it. And it, it just said, when does he stop being cute and start being a threat? And that hit home for me. And I was just like, when does that happen? Like at what, like at what age, you know? And, and I think even in, in future conversations that I hope I don't have to have with Ethan, but I'm prepared to have with him. Like when he starts driving and when he, you know, gets his first job and just talking to him about, you know, well, if you're driving late at night, you know, how to, how to behave or act or, you know, do this or do that. And so I hope these are conversations that I don't have to have. Um, and I, I, you know, it, it's nothing's going to be solved overnight or in a week. And, and, you know, I'm realistic and I don't expect that, but um, the acknowledgement and, and, and the work of, of coming together, I hope at least helps push us more so in that direction. That is so true. I mean, honestly, my girls get a little bit of the racism the, because they're half biracial. They're half, when I say biracial, a lot of people think, oh, you're married to a black man. I'm like, no, there's other races. Yeah, there are other races. <laughs> let's, let's, let's learn about that first. <laughs> yeah. um, they're, the older two right now are in um, Los Angeles. They're in California. Mm -hmm. Daddy is, lives in California, and McKenna's yeah. out there doing an internship and, uh, at an architecture firm out there. And they actually went to a taco truck on the side of the road and they felt like the worst ever. The people made so much fun of them because oh. they all they could see out of off of them was that they were white because they're they yeah. were white. they don't yeah. they don't look Hispanic. So and like that shouldn't even be a thing, you know. Again, I love like I mean I mentioned I love to eat. Um, I'm a military brat. I'm from Trinidad and Tobago originally, anyway. So, um, you know, I've just grown up eating so many different types of food and but I understand that too you know there are times where I've gone into certain restaurants and if it's a different cuisine um, of a different culture like you, you do kind of feel like they're looking at you like well you know what's she doing here what you know what does she even know about the, you know and it's just like listen I like tacos just like the next person or you know whatever it is you know it's it that shouldn't make a difference but unfortunately in the world we live in right now it does make a difference and yeah yeah. I mean, I actually read a post about immigration and my girls were like, mama, please don't post it. Please don't post it. Cause they were scared. Something was going to happen to their dad. So. You know, I have strong feelings on that. 
just because I saw my mom go through, or everything that I saw my mom go through in order to get our citizenship. Um, and it's not easy. And I am thankful that I was 16 when she got her citizenship because then I automatically got it underneath her. Um, I can't imagine having to take that test. Like the questions that were on there that she had to study and prepare and answer for are questions that I know if I, first of all, if you asked me and I was, you know, I've gone to school in the American system all, all the years of school. But if you asked anyone on the street, like some of these questions, who was the 13th president? Oh, I don't know. Well, I <laughs> you can tell me like, I mean, if it wasn't like, you know, George Washington or Abraham Lincoln, like, I don't know. I don't know who the 13th president, I don't even know, who's the second, who's the second president? I don't know. I know, I know the first one because he was number <laughs> one and I know the 16th. So like, you know, there's just so many questions and things that were on there that I'm like, nobody knows this stuff. Why is this what's important for, you know, for you to learn and, and for, for, for this test? But I mean, that's, that's what it is. And it, and it is what it is, but it's, it's not an easy process. Um, I don't take for granted that I have my citizenship. I'm thankful for it. Um, and I'm thankful for the efforts that my mom put in, you know, I, I think more people should talk about immigration and talk about that process. I feel like there are a lot of things that need to be done to make that process different. Um, I think I think there are people in power who make immigrants seem less than, like they're not of value or like they're not good people. Um, and you see that in the media and, and people take that and they run with it instead of finding out for themselves. And you know, some, some of the, my favorite people are people that are not from this country. And yep. some of the most welcoming people, some of the most loving people, some of the most, you know, non-judgmental people are people who are not from this country. And, that, and I just mean that in terms of people who have shown kindness to me, even if they didn't know me, even if it, you know, like there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a difference in cultures uh, between American culture and cultures in, from countries in other worlds. And, and one thing I can say is that other cultures have such a different demeanor when it comes to being welcoming and loving and open with others that you don't necessarily get here. And, uh, and I, I wish it wasn't, I wish it wasn't that way. Yeah. One of the ones I know we both love, Sophia said, yes, we need to yeah. raise about that. There are other races. I, there are. And I, you know, Sophia is one of my favorite people and she makes me these delicious arepas and I don't know what I would do without her. So <laughs> I, have, I have missed those in quarantine very much. <laughs> well, one of the things I do want to tell everybody about is on Thursday, I'm doing the men's panel for uh, about race. And this time we're doing a little bit different. I have one that one guy who is a professional, a former professional soccer player. Mm -hmm. uh, immediately when I reached out to him, he was like, "Hey, he's like, yeah, I'll, absolutely, I'll do it. I'll check it out." And then he's like, "No, wait a second. He says, I'm, I don't even have to say yes. I mean, I don't have to check it out to know that I want to do this. Yeah. Check it out to see how it went. And he's going to actually talk about how the world goes, the, how globally it is. Yeah." 
because we, you know, we've been keeping an eye out. There are a lot of people that are angry along with us. You know, London has knocked down some statues and thrown them in the water. There have been protests all over. France has, has stepped in. You know, one thing I'll say, you know, it's surprising. Black people are everywhere. We are everywhere. And I remember, like, living in Italy um, and going to, to Paris for a trip one weekend. And I was just so surprised at the African population there. There were so many African people. And I was like, I did. this is not what I thought Paris would look like. And so... <laughs> You know, there's, it's, 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 that's something that I just feel like, you know, there are questions that everyone has about each other. And so again, you know, I just come back to like fostering and having these conversations, like no question is stupid, ask them. There are questions that I like, I mean, and sometimes it can be so stupid, like something, like something, one of my friends, um, she's, she's white, but she laughs at me all the time because I remember once she had mentioned like washing her hair and I was like, didn't you just go get your hair done like a day ago? And she, I was like, didn't you get like highlights or something? And she was like, yeah, like two days ago. And so I was like, so you're washing your hair. It's only been two days because for me with the type of hair texture I have, when I get my hair done, like I don't wash my hair for like another week or two weeks, but the type of hair texture that she has, she needs to wash her hair like every day or every other day. But like, my question isn't coming from a place of like blatant ignorance or anything like that. It's just honestly, like, I was like, well, that's weird. I don't wash my hair after I get my hair done in two days. And so I just asked her about it and we had this conversation and then I was aware and educated and I'm like, oh, all right, well, that makes sense. Thanks. Let's move on with our lives. And so that's what it's all about. Just having these conversations, regardless of, you know, if you think it's a dumb question, like, you know, that's something that I've been sharing with the followers on my, on my Instagram is just like, please like feel free to DM me and ask me and I'll answer you. It might take me a little bit of time, but I'm not going to forget. I will get back to you because it's important. You honestly need to do an Insta uh, IGTV. I know. I know. I sound like you're not the first person to tell me that. <laughs> have your husband like in the background feeding you the uh, questions and then you answer instead of going you can get that man to say something on camera i'll buy you another blog cabin <laughs> he's like no i he hates the way he sounds it's, it's like pulling teeth with that one so um we'll see i i I've definitely had more than one person mention doing like an IGTV and, and answering the questions on there. So maybe I'll put my ring light to use and like set it up on a tripod and, and I don't know, we'll figure it out. Yeah, because I'm <laughs> this honestly- was a step. I've never done a live. So I was like, all right, a little, little baby step. Now I will tell everybody that's watching, Marissa was really nervous. She's like, I'm really nervous. I don't know how to do live i'm so scared i'm like you're fine Sophie, you know sophie's done lives and she's like you should do a live and we should do a live and i'm like oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Never on for too long so yeah i'm coming for you uh, they're, they're in the chat i don't know if you can see the chat but they're talking about the, the your food what you oh want God. and they're talking about oh the reunion i need some well, i'll see you soon. <laughs> And then your friend Carrie said we oh need to carry a camera. Carrie lives in uh, in California, and so we've been chatting and we've become friends through um, Style Collective, and um, and we. Well, I mean, I, I talk with her every day. Honestly, I don't think there's a day. <laughs> so um, we're, we. I hope I hope that we can actually meet in real life. 
soon. California. Well, I'm actually going to be going heading out to California in July because Ooh. I'm actually going to be visiting my two daughters and bringing one of nice. them back. Oh, uh, that'll be so nice. Gracie and I are heading that California way. It's so beautiful too. Um, I've been a couple times for work and uh, like every time I go out there, like I've gone to San Francisco for work. I've gone to San Diego. I love San Diego. And it took everything I had to come back. I told Lara, I was like, we should just move to San Diego. They have the most amazing avocados and fresh seafood. And that's all I need. And then I met up with a friend from high school who lives there while I was out there. And he's like, here are the rent prices. And I was like, you know what? Forget the avocados and the fresh seafood. I'm just going to come back to North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's expensive. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I know you guys are going to have to work. So I'll, I'm okay if I have Wi-Fi because I can still work from there, but be able to yeah. be around. But also I get the bonus of the adopted son, Paul. He's stationed in California as well. Oh, so I know nice. as well. So oh, get to hug his so big neck. Get to hug his neck because I was like, I just want to give you a hug right now. And he's like, You will soon, Madre. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That'll be so good. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, Sophia says I need to push you because you're a natural and she oh doesn't. My God. And I agree with Sophia. I agree. I'll just agree to disagree. <laughs> I will tell you, I did not want to do it when I first started. But if you come on and you come on with a friend and the more you get used to doing it. I think I could do that. Like if I was having like a conversation, I feel like by myself, I don't know. And I, I think too, I, I would, I would focus on like, is anyone watching? And then if it's like one person or no people, I'm like, why am I on here talking? Like nobody's even looking at this thing. So, um, I don't know. Baby steps. I started today, which is like a huge thing. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Well, I will say now that you brought up the immigration issue, I definitely want you back on to talk about the immigration issue. And I've already mentioned about Shades of Influence coming on. So yes, I would love to get together with the girls so we could do this together. We did uh, Molly's podcast this week and that was so much fun. And um, I think the episode will be out tomorrow. So um, I'll keep you posted on that. But it was actually really fun to get together with the three of them because, you know, we have things in common and we have things that, you know, that are different with each of our lifestyles. Um, you know, Tiffany's actually married. Her husband is white and she has a biracial daughter. And um, and then Shaquita is married and she has a bonus son. And so I feel like the way that we see all of this and the way that it affects all of us is, is so different. And each of our stories are so unique. And so I think that'd be awesome to have that yeah. on there. Uh Oh, I've been discovered in my office. Uh, which one? AJ. <laughs> He's like outside the door. I can hear him. He's like, Mama, let me in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's probably our cue to kind of tell everybody good night. Thank you for having me on here. This was, it was amazing. And, and you made it so easy to just, you know, just have a conversation and talk about things. And so I will 100% be open to coming back and having another chat from your blog cabin. Maybe when all of this is over, I could actually be in your blog cabin and we could just like do it that way. Yeah, that might be interesting. I mean, I did have one. I don't know if you want to go back and look at it. I did have one when my girls were here. All three of my yeah. girls. Were here. I love and your girls. And they are, they were, they were, it's probably the funniest one I've ever done because my middle daughter, Michaela, was just like 
total on her on on it and she was cracking everybody up and it was just oh my gosh i would yeah, yeah no and play, i want to go back and look at the one from from last week too with the panel so now i know what i'm doing tonight <laughs> so guys um check out marissa she is shabby chic cheap and on our shades of influence on instagram and at shabby chic why did you name your blog then? I always I know. It's so like high. the worst tongue twister. I'm so sorry. <laughs> On Instagram. So yeah. thank you, Marissa, for joining us. Thank you so much. Bye, Bye guys. guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. I hope you learned a lot from Marissa. It was so great to have that conversation with her. And it was a really authentic conversation about things that I would have never even have to worry about. Well, I kind of do have to worry about with my husband because he's Hispanic, him going to the store. But wearing the hoodies and way you're supposed to stand in stores and everything like that. I just can't imagine as a mom having to have those tough conversations. So I'm glad Marissa was able to come on and share those tough conversations that she's had with her kids. Like I said, it's a world that's so divisive right now, so divided that I just cannot imagine, you know, people hating people so much because of the color of their skin. I hope you have the great rest of your week. Educate yourself. Have conversations. Chat with friends of different nationalities and, and races and learn about some of the things that make them different, but yet make us also the same Learn what makes each other unique and embrace our uniqueness instead of hating someone because they're unique. Have a great rest of your day. Be blessed. And let's keep chatting, even if it's about the tough, tough subjects. <laughs>